Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, the CEO and Mama Bird here. And with me today is really, this is the whole thing today is going to be a conversation that's just a teaser. We're going to try and get you to come to our Insights Marketing Day stage that's going to be at Green Books IIEX in Austin. But I've got to tell you, this is a special treat. You've listened to my podcast probably for a lot of years, and Michael Brenner has been on several times. You know him, you love him, but he actually referred me me over to Lynn Hurstein. And I always take a solid referral so seriously and so appreciate it. So Lynn Hurstein, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Thank you, Priscilla. I am very excited and uh, so appreciative to uh, Mr. Brenner. I've known him for a long time and uh, and every, every interaction, everything has always been a positive influence on my life. So well, you and I really, I don't know how we haven't met before, Michael Brenner, <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is really interesting because as a marketer who really serves the uh, consumer insights world, you are a classically trained CPG marketer and your specialties in brand strategy and brand positioning and brand activation, brand identity, all of those things rolled in together, but at a CPG brand. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. I don't know how we have missed each other, but. <laughs> Um, you certainly know what you're doing when people are coming to you saying, hey, we need to either hone in on a legacy brand or we need to turn some things around uh, from some maybe some products that have been struggling or struggling brands or struggling categories. So you definitely have seen all the ins and outs of that. But what's so cool and the reason why I asked you to come and do our keynote at our Insights Marketing Day stage is that you wrote a book more recently. So I want to give you a little bit of uh, a chance to talk to people about why. Why this book? And then at the very end, we do like uh, to talk a little bit about, okay, how, how hard was the process? It's a little bit of, <laughs> you know, pull the curtain back just a little bit and let's be honest and let's give other people a leg up who are thinking about maybe writing a book. But tell us about Be Vigilant and how you came about writing that from your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for teeing that up. Uh, so the book is called Be Vigilant Strategies to Stop Complacency, Improve Performance, and Safeguard Success. And so as you mentioned, my background is consumer packaged goods brand marketing. I work for Campbell Soup and Coca-Cola and Nabisco, uh, both on base business and in innovation domestically and uh, some international as well. And so I had this kind of history of, of brand management about 19 years ago, I started my brand managed camp conference. So I've been putting on a conference geared towards senior level brand marketers, researchers, all sorts of people involved in the, in the health and well-being and growth and development of a brand. And I've been putting together that conference. That's how I met Michaels. But, but uh, anyways, so, but in the last seven years, I actually also did something completely different. I got involved in law enforcement and I was looking for a way to give back to my community. I really wanted to be involved. And I, and just took a look at everything that was going on in the world. And, and I had this opportunity to actually go through an academy, become a certified peace officer and, and serve. And basically I do everything that a, I work for a sheriff's office. I do everything that a sheriff's deputy does. I just do it for free. And I went into this thinking that this was going to be a completely different experience than anything I had done in my life before, which it was. But what surprised me was how much I actually was learning as a 45 year old getting into law enforcement that I was immediately applying back to my business life, to my marketing life, to my branding life. And the, the thing that stood out the most was this concept that we learned about complacency and how complacency kills. And I started thinking, you know what? Complacency kills brands. It kills businesses. It kills teams. It kills relationships, both professional and personal. And there's a lot of 
synergy here. And so I started thinking about what is complacency? Why is it so dangerous? Where does it come from? How do we recognize it? And how do we fight it with vigilance? And that's what this book is. This book is a business book. It's not a police book or a law enforcement book or anything, but it's lessons that I've learned from that other side in terms of how do we identify complacency and how do we fight it with vigilance? And it's filled with strategies, you know, actionable strategies you can start using right away at work. And it's also applicable at home and, you know, to protect the relationships you have and the success that you've built at home. So, so that, that's where the book came from. It came from this, this strange, you know, set of experiences that I had later in life, but I think it's just so applicable to, to everyone in business, especially, especially in marketing and, and market research and, and all those things. Well, you were in that whole marketing world uh, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I guess my my only other question is, you know, just now kind of put the rear view mirror on. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you think with the just the serious like enterprise experience that you had with uh, making some pretty shocking, some pretty interesting changes at Campbell's? I mean, a legacy brand that really had to adapt, you know, to a changing market. Well, enter COVID. So what are some of your thoughts about what you saw just from your experience and your perspective of some brands who were able to move quickly and move well and who were vigilant about their brands during COVID? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's so many, there's so many ways that people can go right and go wrong in these things. And, and the, the people that went right were the ones who were thinking about this long before COVID. And, th- and, th- and this is what complacency is. So the, the thing is that, that people look at things and say, you know what, you know, COVID came around and then we had the great resignation or we, you know, we had business problems and we have shipping problems and we have all these problems that have come up and people blame it on COVID. But the reality is that is the insidiousness of complacency because complacency makes us believe that things happen for reasons that that aren't necessarily true. And, and the reality is much of this was brewing for a long time and was based on the success level that we had prior to it. So when I look at, at examples of companies that um, that have done well through COVID, they are the ones that were already planning for this ahead of time. They were the ones who were building in the vigilant principles into their businesses um, prior. So, you know, I talk about Netflix. So to me, you know, everybody wants to talk about Netflix in relation to Blockbuster and what happened, you know, in, in that evolution. But the more interesting thing for me about Netflix is how it continues to disrupt itself in its own industry. And that's one of the things I talk about in a book is, you know, what happens is when we get complacent, and the way I define complacency is an overconfidence, a self-satisfaction, a smugness bred from success that makes us unaware of potential dangers. And when we get complacent, when we have success, we seem to be less likely to challenge ourselves. We can start getting comfortable. And so that's where we look at the importance of self-disruption because the best disruption is the disruption you bring on yourself, not the disruption that COVID brings on you or an unexpected, you know, uh, competitor brings on you or, you know, an unexpected, uh, you know, inability to hire people brings on you. Right. So 
when you look at Netflix, not only did they disrupt the industry with everything that happened with Blockbuster, but then they disrupted the industry again by moving to streaming. And then they disrupted the industry again by moving into um, producing their own content. And they continued to, you know, recently they announced they're getting into gaming and things of that sort. Not all of them are going to be successful, but what it does is it keeps their competition on the heels. It keeps them at the forefront and it makes sure that they are always keeping an eye out for what's coming next. So, you know, when you want to emulate, and we can go through other examples as well, but when you want to emulate companies that have been successful through COVID, the first thing to do is don't think about it as a COVID thing. Think about it as who were, who was displaying vigilance, who was valuing their employees well before they were forced to, because it's easy to do it when you're forced to. But the reality is the companies that value their employees, that gave them autonomy, that paid them appropriately, that, that respected their time off, that did all the things that people are now talking about, you know, in COVID land, those are the companies that have been successful, yeah. right? Not the ones that are catching up. Well, I would totally agree. But, you know, when you talk about that self-disruption, which I think is such a key indicator of success, you have to have self-reflection before mm -hmm. you can do self-disruption. And so I do find it interesting that companies who have not created a culture where they can reflect and that they can, you know, criticize, really, you have to like self-criticize when you're self-reflecting. Um, and that's interesting because you, you brought up kind of an issue that you alluded to a little bit, you know, that happens in complacency is a little bit of this, like a blame game and mm. a lack of acknowledgement of where we're complicit in the problem. Like yes. to what degree are we creating our own problems, you know, in our brands. And I think that really, you know, is a, uh, maybe a shot across the bow also for our leadership to what degree are we complicit with the problems that we're creating. So in this, in this complacency, you know, you, you mentioned that it could be a smugness, but I think too, it also could be a laziness, like a, you know, just, I'm not going to take that extra time to really, you know, self-reflect about how my management style is contributing to this issue. Yeah. So, you know, you just um, either, either knowingly or unknowingly served up an entire chapter of my book. So I love it. Um, what I talk about when you talk about, you know, self-reflection, what I talk about is debriefing. So I, I have a whole chapter on the importance of briefing and debriefing. And, and here's the interesting thing. If you ask most people in business, whether they debrief things today, most likely they'll say yes. But what you brought out in that statement that you made is, is spot on and that most people do it when things go wrong and it becomes a blame game. It's like, where did it go wrong? Why did it go wrong? And whose fault was it? And how do we make sure that doesn't happen again? But what we don't do a lot of times is we don't do that self-reflection, those debriefs, when things are going right. When things are going right, we get into, uh, you know, back padding mode, you know, and we pat each other on the back and we celebrate and we go out for drinks or we have cake or whatever we're going to do to celebrate. And then we, and then we move on. But the reality is that so much of complacency is bred in success. And the problem is that success hides failures. So just because a result was successful, just because we did a project and the end result was success, we, you know, we were launching a new product and we did this research and we, you know, we came up with the name and we came up with our, you know, pricing strategy and all that. And, we, and look at these numbers, we, we had a successful launch. Well, the reality is, was it successful, but it could have been more successful? 
Was it successful because, you know, we still made mistakes, but things worked out? Was it, you know, successful because our competitors dropped the ball, you know, more than we dropped the ball. And so we ended up on top. So, you know, what I always tell people, you know, we just had the Super Bowl recently. And, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, here in Denver, where I, where I live, I tell people to be, you know, a Peyton Manning everywhere else in the world. I tell them to be a Tom Brady. You know, what we want to do is we don't want to rest on our success. We want to look for what went right, what went right by accident, what went right, but could have gone right to her. You know, this is why I have editors. So if we get into writing books, because I say things <laughs> like right to her. Um, but you know, this, this is what we need. We need that. And we need to build it into the system because our human nature, when things go right is to feel good and move on. But that's where complacency is bred. And so that self-reflection that you talk about is so important. Yeah. And it's self-reflection as a leader then that yields, you know, group reflection. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that that can be such a beautiful thing. Well, you have amazing points in your book and yes, it was not a mystery as to why I teed you up. That happened to be one of my favorite (laughs) points in your book, but I do think people should read it, uh, but we're going to get to hear from you. So let's, let's just tease out just what, what's one of your favorite principles that you talk about in, in, in your book that I don't know, for some reason kind of gets you a little bit more excited than the other ones, one that you really, you like to hone in on when you're talking to brands about like, what is the must do right now to really make a difference and, and, and to, you know, create better business impact. Yeah. Oh man, that's a tough question. I love it. There's so many. There's it's like so I many. asked you, like, which one is your favorite child? I know. I know <laughs> that would be easier. No, no. I'm oh, kidding. okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding kids. I'm kidding. Um, no. So, you know, I, I think the thing that I, that, gets to the most base level of what we need to do. So there's so many things that that we can do, but the thing that gets to the base level that I think most businesses have challenges with right now is what I call articulating the why. And this really gets at this concept of, of knowing your purpose. And so many businesses spend so much time working on their mission statement and their vision statement and getting it, you know, getting it so perfectly worded that it means nothing to anybody that we forget about what really drives us because those things don't help us make decisions. And, you know, this is one of the things that I learned from law enforcement is everything that we do, we have to be able to articulate why we're doing it, right? Not only does that make us more aware, and by the way, vigilance is based in awareness. And so not only does that make us more aware, but it also makes us more trustworthy. It makes us more easy to follow, right? Um, by people. And so, you know, one of the problems that we have in, in business is that we do a lot of things and we can't articulate why. And the biggest problem that comes around is especially when we experience power, when we have power as, uh, you know, a manufacturer or, you know, it, within a category, or we have power over our employees or our vendors or whoever we have power on, we can get into a situation where if we're really being honest with ourselves, the why is because we can, or because we said so. And if the why becomes because I can, or because I said so, right? Why did we, you know, charge, you know, massive change fees, if we have, you know, seats open on other planes, and it'll be easy to make a switch? Well, because we can. Why do we make it, you know, so difficult for someone to switch cell phone providers and charge them, you know, some bogus three, $400 change fee? Because we can. 
right? Not because it's best for the customer or best for anybody involved. When, when those answers are because we can and because we said so, that's a problem. And so really what we want to do is you want to focus in on what is the purpose? What is the purpose of this organization, of this team, of this brand beyond just making money? What is our purpose in this world? And if we understand that, then we can make decisions that factor back to that purpose mm. and make us yeah. you know, more intentional about what we're doing. Right, right. No, I love that because, you know, a lot of people want to jump into tactical things about marketing. And certainly at Insights Marketing Day, we want to think about that. But I always make people raise their hand before we talk about tactics and say, are you going to change your mindset? Are you going to think about purpose? Are you going to think about value? Because we don't want to go out there and just pollute the world with more dumb marketing. There's plenty of it out there. You know, so really, you know, this vigilance about your brand, about whether it's a personal brand or your actual company brand, about the products about the service, it really comes into really almost a deep love and an appreciation for what it is you've already built. Right? Yeah. And I, I think your experience, obviously, from from Campbell, you know, really, obviously lends to, you know, has created maybe the lens from which you 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 view this world. But yeah. um, you got to get this book. But I will say that, you know, maybe being at uh, IIEX is going to give you an opportunity to get a signed book here from Glenn. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, I really, really appreciate you um, deciding to come and do that with us. But before I talk a little bit about the experience of your book, I just want to remind people, so it's easy to get on Amazon, but it's be, be vigilant strategies to stop complacency, improve performance and safeguard success. So if any of those things sound like issues you need to deal with right now, I would suggest you go get that book. But Lynn, there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are either in the process of writing a book or interested yes. in writing a book. Do you have any tips? or maybe an experience you want to share um, or any kind of encouragement for people who, who want to get out there and like, what is it like now on the other side of that? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. Um, and I have such an appreciation now for people like Michael Brenner and, and all the other people who have written multiple books and, and done it. You know, I'm kind of in that, and you know, that, that phase right now where you have that first child and you're like, I'm never doing this again. And then like maybe two, three years later, you're like, Oh, I could do this again. But right now I'm like, Oh man, it's hard. So it took a long time. I think my, the biggest advice that I could give two pieces, two pieces of advice. One is work really, really hard at the beginning to find your own voice. So I started my book probably 20 different times because I would write it and you can hear how I talk. I'm not a real formal speaker. Right. And, you know, I was writing this book as if like I was writing it as my alter ego, like some college professor. Um, And it, you know, I would read it and I'd be like, who wrote this? This is not me. And I had a hard time finding my actual voice so that when I, you know, hopefully when you read this book, it sounds like me. And that's, that's super important. I think it's, it's important because we have to be authentic. And, you know, so many times you you read a book and then you talk to the person who read it and wrote it and you're like, did you even write this book? Is this, did this even come from you? So that's number one is make sure you find your true authentic voice and work very hard at the beginning to do that. Cause it's really hard when you get towards the end to go back and make that work. You gotta, you gotta do it in the beginning. So I wrote, rewrote that first chapter like 20 times. Second thing is get help. And, you know, I think, you know, people feel like, well, I write all the time. I write, you know, I write articles, I do this, I do that. You don't, you don't write, writing a book is a whole different animal. And, you know, it's well worth the investment up front to find somebody 
um, that gets involved early, that can help you think through where this book is going, how you're going to structure it, how all the chapters fall together, um, and, you know, and really help you write it. So those are the two things, find your authentic voice and then find some help. I love it. Well, of course, they can go out to Amazon and take a look at the book, but we want you to come to uh, IAX uh, Green Books event that is happening in Austin. That's going to be this April 19th, 2022. And um, Lynn, we also want you to uh, reach out to Lynn and follow him. Obviously, follow him as an author on Amazon and other places where you rate books, but also you can find him on LinkedIn. So let me spell that name for you. It's Lynn, L-E-N, Hurstein, H-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. Of course, he's connected to me. So if you can't find him, uh, connect to me and then connect there. But if you have any questions for him or want to keep this conversation going, make sure that you do that with us out on social, but we will see you at insights marketing day. And Lynn, thank you so much from your time. Yeah, no, I'm thank you so much for having me on Priscilla and I'm looking forward to it. And I plan on, on being here the whole time. So I, I hopefully, uh, you know, can, uh, connect with and meet as, as many of the folks out there as possible. And, uh, we can, we can just chat. Well, great. We'll make sure that every success that we have in business, we keep as a success and we don't turn into complacency. Yes. So from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.